Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 69. Glad you could join us. Today, Bonnie and Stephen are rejoined by members of Colby's staff. In line with the changes in weather, the group discusses developments at Colby, along with tips to help guide your school year. We hope you'll enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. Stephen and I are joined today by Megan Lingle, Everett Bayarski, and Nicole O'Connor. You're in this midterm week for a temperature check, as Jordan would say. How things are going this school year. Hi, guys. Hey! Hi! Morning! We're happy to have you with us today. We thought we'd just kind of check in and see how things are going here in this point in the school year. We've had the pleasure of visiting with you guys as a trio on episode 30, Guiding the Ship, if if folks want to go back and listen to that. That was recorded last school year. It's fun to have you back as a trio here again to see how this school year is going. So as a way of getting started, before we get into that, though, We've had Everett and Nicole join us on other episodes as well, which we will link in our show notes. But I think this might be an opportunity for us to get to know Mrs. Megan Langle just a little bit better. And folks are probably well acquainted with her name in their email inbox if they are families in the online school or otherwise. She's been with Colby for a long time. It feels like, I mean, I've almost been involved at Colby for as long as I haven't been involved in Colby in my whole life. Not quite, but getting there. I started working at Colby in 2004. Craig and I, Craig's my husband, um, we had just um, gotten married about four or five months before and had finished grad school at uh, Oklahoma. Um, Both of us have master's in meteorology. And he got a position out in Petaluma, California, doing air quality um, forecasting. So... I kind of went down the road of trying to find a teaching job at the community college in meteorology, um, and that didn't really work out. And this is really before anybody could work remotely, you know. So it happened that uh, my sister Maureen at the time was dating uh, the oldest grandson of one of our founders, Diane and Jerry Muth. She was dating Chris, um, their oldest grandson. And Chris. And, and my sister Maureen had just graduated from the University of Dallas and Chris's younger brother, Matt, had just graduated from Colby Trinity, the day school that's out there in Napa. So they were having a big graduation party and they invited me and, and uh, my sisters who had helped us drive out there. Um, actually, I guess the, the, my sisters were already gone at that point. It was like later in June. And so Craig and I went out um, to... The, the Rolls house in Napa. And while I was there, I mentioned I was looking for a job. And they're like, oh, well, you know, we always need help in the homeschool all over the summer. Do you, you know, you're welcome to just come and, and, you know, pick up some hourly work or whatever. So I was like, okay, you know, I needed to make money. So I started commuting um, from Petaluma to Napa for um, starting, I think it was beginning or end of June um, of 2004. So I'm there for a couple weeks, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening know who Nancy Nelson is. Um, And Nancy Nelson comes out of the bookstore kind of in a tizzy 
um, because the physics textbook that we had been using at the time was um, going out of print or they were going to a new edition and the new edition had, you know, chapter one was now chapter 12 and da 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 da. So the course plan that we had to go with it was no longer going to work with this book. So I just kind of raised my hand. I was like, hey, you know, I was a physics major. So, you know, I could take a look at that. And she just looks at me like, oh, okay, because it's August. And, and usually back, back then, what would happen is our, our teachers that were at Colby's Day School would write the homeschool course plans for us. But because this was like August 15th, um, they were just starting school and there was no way. They would always do it over the summer. Well, the summer had passed and here we were. So anyway, I spent the next couple of weeks um, creating my first science course plan for Colby Academy ended up um, landing me a position there, a permanent position as the math and science curriculum advisor. And so for the next, you know, eight or nine years, I basically revamped all of Colby's math and science curriculum from kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade. And, you know, since then, there's still a lot of course plans that have my, they don't actually have my name on them, but when I look at them, I go, that one was mine. <laughs> um, and it's, it's funny, this, this past weekend, um, my family went camping with the, uh, the Atlanta area Catholic torch group that's here. And I met someone who has used Colby's Math and Science forever. And she came up and just thanked me for them, not knowing that I had actually written a lot of these course plans. But the one that she was particularly happy with was our physical science course plan, which was probably the second or third course plan I wrote. And that particular book has not gone out of print and it has stayed, and yet it's still current. So we haven't replaced it yet. And I just kind of laughed as she was like, that course plan is so excellent. I love what you do. And I was just like, wow, thank you. Like, it just meant so much because nobody ever tells you the good stuff, right? They always tell you that's what the problems are. Um, so anyway, that's kind of how I, I landed the Colby position, if you will. And I've worn a lot of hats over the years. And when we kind of got the nudge to start the online school in 2013, I kind of led the way on that. And now I'm in the position that I'm in. And oh, and to wrap up the story, my Sister Maureen married Chris eventually, and Chris is now the chief operating officer. So him and I are colleagues, and Maureen just began teaching for the elementary program this year, and she's a fourth grade elementary teacher. So, so it's kind of like a nice, you know, rounded story there. I love it. I love it. It is so fun hearing how you came to Colby, and now I understand that you have four children, right? Correct. And the oldest two are doing Kobe this year. Is that right? That's right. Yes. So originally the plan was that as my children aged out of our Catholic school, that's around the corner, it's an elementary school, K through eight, that they would then start uh, high school with Colby as ninth graders. So uh, my oldest is, was definitely on, on that track, going to start ninth grade. And this past summer, um, my rising seventh grader was kind of begging me to do it. And I just kind of pish paw, pish paw. You'll get there when you're in ninth grade, you'll get to do it too. And then it just eventually kind of, uh, he wore me down and I was like, you know, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea for Colin to have his sibling around so they can 
beat up on each other in between classes. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, we, we, we ended up starting both boys um, at Colby this year and it's, it's been a wonderful experience. It's, it's challenging being um, a parent and seeing like all the little like inconsistencies and things that, you know, humans do. So I, I'm, you know, trying to balance the fact that, you know, we do our best to be as consistent as possible. And at the end of the day, like I know we're, we're all humans trying to do our best and things get missed. Um, so it is interesting, but I do think it helps me kind of focus in on, you know, areas that we could improve, um, areas that we're doing really well. Um, and it gives me a perspective on workload and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, we're coming from being used to a brick and mortar where, you know, the kids are in school eight hours a day and then have homework afterwards. So from that perspective, the workload has been very manageable. Um, I think one of the things that's interesting as a parent is you really, um, you witness the work. So like when you go, when you send your kid to school, they do a lot of work when they're at school, but you don't witness it. So it's not quite as like overwhelming to you as a parent, you know, but when okay. you're witnessing everything that they have to do and you're, ha you have to be the one that facilitates it, it, it just has a different feel to it. I don't know how to explain it. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that's been something that's been different. And I, I did go a little bit overboard on the number of classes that I signed my oldest up for, but um, so far he's been handling it very well. You know, he's in like seven classes. I told him if he, if he took Latin, he didn't have to take English nine. So he took me up on that and he's grateful for it. But this week being midterm week, to tell a little antidote about this, the challenge has been that only three of his classes have midterms. So he only had three classes that were canceled basically because of the midterm. And he's got four classes that meet twice a week. So, cause he's got two foreign languages, math and science. So there's been, you know, it doesn't, it hasn't been quite as a relief in terms of number of classes canceled so that he has more time to study, but we've been managing regardless. There's been enough extra time. You know, he didn't have biology lab on Monday or seminar on Monday. So he had plenty of time Monday to get, um, studying done and we've just been trying to knock out one exam per day and just kind yeah. of pushing along and in my seventh grader it's been a lot he has a lot of time because again only three exams and English is a twice a week class so he's like down to like, I don't think like tomorrow I don't think he has he, all, he only has Latin and that's it and he's already taken all of his midterm so oh, nice so like a fall break yeah yeah, he's mm -hmm. going to have a little bit of a break. So I, I have these dreams of like, you know, when it's semester final week, right before Christmas, that, you know, they're all going to take their exams in the first two days, and then we're going to start our Christmas break early. <laughs> and it's going to be awesome, but we'll see. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. That sounds wildly optimistic. I'm an optimist. Based, based on my own experience with the with with students last year. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. We'll have high hopes. That's good. It's like you can dangle that like the sooner you get them done, the sooner you're on Christmas vacation, right? And yeah. the fall break thing here, everyone around us has a fall break. And so that's sort of a sticking point. Like, what are we having a fall break? Like, well, if you finish your exams, voila, fall break. Fall so break. You do get, forget. get Thanksgiving. Remember, you get Friday so. off every day <laughs> or every week. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Well, if those of us who are in the closed Facebook groups for the, the classes in the ninth and seventh grade classes might be wondering, is this the same person? Yes, it is. It's Mrs. Lingle in the, in the Facebook group. So it's fun to see you 
interacting with us in the Facebook groups, sharing your experience and, and celebrating successes with us. And that's, it's been really neat. It's good. It's great to have you. I will tell you when I'm in those Facebook groups, I completely overthink my responses because I don't want to come off as like the know-it-all parent (laughs) and I don't want to come off as the administrator. So trying to do that balance of like, I'm right there with you guys. Yet I have all this other knowledge that makes it easier for me you know, as a parent going through. (laughs) I think you've nailed that. You've done a beautiful job with that. Thank you. I feel like I've like your name has been a household name in my family of origin (laughs) for a long time. (laughs) So I was hazy though on, on your origin story. So I love hearing, I love hearing you. That's great. Yes. I would say hope, hope who is Bonnie's sister was probably one of my most memorable students when it came to math and science. She was very interested in, in doing kind of the rigorous math and science. And she would always ask me questions when she had them. She was active on our forum, which is no longer, but she, you know, she's kind of like my first online student, if you will. So I have very fond memories of her and and those interactions. It's hard to believe that she's actually like a lawyer and a grown up now. Right. (laughs) Like so old. No, no. Um, (laughs) They have such affection for you and appreciation for you. and, And I've heard them speak of you with such fondness over the years. And so that's fun to hear the story. I love that. So let's just take a few minutes to check in on these various things. Everett, what do you think? How are things going from your point of view? Absolutely. No, I think the the big thing, we've got a lot of the different things going on, uh, but one of the big projects that we're working on right now with advising team is our upcoming virtual college fair. Um, so people may remember from past years, we've had opportunities. We'd bring uh, colleges in, give presentations on, on their colleges um, with our kind of virtual college visits, but those tend to be spread out over the course of maybe two or three months. Um, so what we've decided to do this year is to consolidate that, to bring all of them in on a single day. So on Friday, uh, October 29th, we are going to have 11 colleges come and visit us. Um, oh. These are the, your Newman Guide Catholic Colleges, colleges that you're, you know, you're used to, to hearing from and having people visit. Um, so from um, throughout the day, they'll be, they'll be coming in for half-hour blocks to give a presentation on the college. Uh, there'll be a, a breakout room open immediately after the presentation where if anybody wants to meet uh, with the admissions representative for that college, they can ask individual questions of them. Um, while the main room will have the next presentation coming up. We'll also have a couple of, of keynote addresses. Um, we'll be joined by Jeremy Tate of the CLT, who's the head of the CLT, talking about um, you know, why your college choice might matter and why, um, and why an education like one that we're providing might, and, and the sorts of things that CLT is doing, might point you logically towards the kinds of colleges that, that we have joining us. Uh, and we're especially pleased to also be joined by Patrick Riley, the president of the Cardinal Numinous Society, who will be talking to us about why you should choose to attend a Catholic college. Why should you be looking at these colleges, given everything that you've sacrificed um, to put your child through school, especially the kind of education that you're receiving at Colby Academy? Um, why would you want to send them on so that you can continue those kinds of education? Um, so we'll be talking about that. We're really happy to join them. We have a long relationship with, with the Carlton Newman Society and with all of these colleges. And I think we are a really fantastic event. That sounds great. It's on October 29th? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And we'll be getting... So links coming out from yep there should be emails email coming out from, emails coming out from our marketing team there's an initial save the date that went out there'll be some emails coming out about registration so you can sign up and get it on your calendar um, and uh, we'll have the complete list of colleges and some marketing information as well great I'll look forward to that Jeremy Tate is on episode 38 of the Colby cast it's called Substance Matters we'll put a link to that in our show notes you can hear more about where he came from and the founding of that exam and some some of his thoughts around that so. That will pair nicely with that this event, and we're looking forward to that. That'll be great. 
how are th- other things going other, otherwise? Um, I think, you know, we're, as, as uh, Megan and Nicole have been mentioning, you know, we're thick in the middle of midterms here in the online program. Uh, depending on when students started their, uh, parents and students started their year uh, in the homeschool program, some people are actually approaching the end of their, their quarter right now. So we're starting to hear parents are starting to report things into us. I think right now is really just a great time to be kind of stop and take, a, as you mentioned, that temperature check. How are things going for us right now? Are there some courses that are working really well? Are there some courses that maybe we're struggling a little bit with? Um, are, we, are we noticing some things uh, in our homes that, that maybe we're looking and going, this just doesn't seem to be quite optimal? Um, with with how we're structured, and I think this this is a great time of the year to be checking in with your grade level advisors to reach out to them for some of those pieces of, of what's going on. Um, you give them a call, send them an email, make an appointment with them to to check in on just how how are your students doing, um, and are, are any of those things that you'd like to be maybe talking about. You know, it's it's always uh, unfortunately sometimes we hear from parents who in in December and January that they've been struggling you know throughout this fall season. Um, but obviously, if we haven't had a chance, haven't heard from them, we, we don't have the opportunity to help them. And we'd love to, to be in contact with you if there are any of those struggles that you're encountering. Something that stuck out when, in our conversation that we had on episode 43 with you and Erica Treat, the grade examine, the checking in frequently, more sooner rather than later with advisors, sending in grade reports at the end of the semester, quarter, not waiting till the end of the year like I've been doing. <laughs> that more uh, frequent communication with you, how that can be very helpful and encouraging that. That was great. Nicole, how are things going for you? Things are going well. Thank you. Things are going well. Um, you know, we're in year two of the elementary program, so still building and, you know, um, communicating with our parents what's working, what isn't working. We made a big change this year for our third, fourth, and fifth graders. Last year, you know, we had a very streamlined, easy model. They had one teacher and everything was on one page. Um, but in reviewing that, we we made the change to allow for, first of all, more scaffolded approach up to the upper school. So they get used to having at least two pages before they have maybe seven when they get to sixth grade. Um, and then also just being able to provide more subject-specific accountability and professional development to our teachers. Um, and then also just um, having a good pulse on consistency between our elementary teachers, getting the students used to having more than one and having them work together. So I think it's been going really well. I know from the teacher side, I've seen a lot of fruits of their collaboration and of working together and, and two teachers having a pulse on those students. Uh, one thing that has come to light that I'm really thankful that we were able to see is that organization we know this with elementary children is so hard. My daughter loses all her papers, whether she's in homeschool or in a classroom, it doesn't matter. It's it's just a really hard thing. And when you're a virtual student, it's even harder because, um, you know, we need a consistent word or tool to be able to communicate with these children. You know, where are your papers for today? Because if every child has a different system, it's really hard for the teachers to pull them in. So we've just been troubleshooting, you know, with this model change, they now have two teachers, um, they have multiple pages. What is something we can include in the beginning of the year, like a syllabus or something, you know, where they all have the same kind of folder model or something that can be used as a touch point? And so with that, I think um, we learned that we have this great opportunity to now start teaching organizational skills as part of our program with the third, fourth, and fifth graders. So then they build on that in sixth grade when they go to homeroom, and they'll have that all through their education at Colby. 
But, um, you know, I know in a lot of brick and mortar schools, they start having the students write in their planner in third grade. And they're just starting to introduce those concepts. So that's something that I think this new model brought to light and something I'm really excited to work with. Um, you know, we revamped our virtue program a little bit this year using the Dominican Sisters of Nashville curriculum. And I'm really, really loving that. I think that's going really well. I'm trying to gear those videos more too towards our homeschool families and online so we can all join in the community there. So uh, that's going well. I guess uh, the only other real change, you know, we, we made placements for math, which has been good for differentiating math. We added science and history which has been going well. And then we also added Homework Hangout this year, which, you know, this year is really our year to troubleshoot what is the best use of this time. And I think more than anything for these elementary kids, having a daily touch point with their teachers available to them has been a really good add to the program. I think we'll continue to, you know, revise and strengthen what is offered during that time, but as an available time for teachers and for students to chat with their classmates, I think it's been very successful. So those are the big, the big things. K-2 is plugging along, you know, same as last year, same model. So the teachers are getting to do the fun, creative stuff, building on their work. Um, we're, we're still working on utilizing Raz kids the best way we can and, and getting them reading a lot of great books. I think they're starting boxcar children in second grade coming up soon. Um, so they always enjoy that one. So lots to look forward to. A lot of good stuff going on. That's great. Yeah, so what a, what a great program that is. I'm so glad that you can help out these families with the young children with that. But what a, what a challenge as well. And I think about even just the variation and my five children as they've gone through, that's, that's a, that is a, it has to be quite a challenge to kind of get everything working together there. So. It is. I will say our teachers are pioneers and I owe the success to them. Um, they have just come together, you know, from the, from the beginning of us starting this program of having student needs at the forefront, communicating. So they're all on the same page and then, you know, communicating with myself, me bringing it to Megan and making sure we have this plan of, okay, we're introducing penmanship in kindergarten. Where do we want them by fifth grade? Or we, you know, we're so making sure every year. Um, and then, you know, with K-2, kids learn to read at different times. I think that's the biggest piece is some kids take off reading in preschool and some, you know, they really launch end of first grade. Um, and so I think the, the families that we have and their willingness to partner with us and view it as this parent partnership has been a really big tool in, in making that age group specifically successful because like you said, there's a lot of differentiation that has to occur and there's a lot of flexibility needed. If your child is not reading yet and there's, you know, a little bit of um, more lap sitting assignments that need to happen where you're pointing with your child more, you know, that does fall more on the parent. But I think having that authority, fit, you know, a teacher who can guide you and hold you accountable. I hate reading logs, but I love them because they hold me accountable sometimes. Like just that added accountability, especially when you have multiple children in the program, I think has been a really good piece uh, of those younger grades that they are a little squirrely, but they have fun. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to talking to some of the elementary school teachers. Those will be coming out soon. We're looking forward to, to getting to know some of those teachers and hearing more about the parent partnership that everyone is working toward. 
where do things stand now with Colby's growth? How many times a day do you all answer this question? How how many families are enrolled with Colby now? Do you? Do you there's been a lot of growth from, from last year. Did that carry over into this year? Yeah. So last year is the was a pandemic year. This year is turning out to be a little bit of a pandemic year, not as much. But we definitely, we kind of overdid it with teacher course loads last year. So there was a lot of um, hiring that we did this year, especially in the middle school. So we ended up, I think we are at 68 teachers. Um, right now. And last year, we were at 53. And even last year at 53, that includes the 14 elementary teachers that we hired. And we only had three new elementary teachers this year. So for the most part, everybody came back. So that means that it's about, nine, I think it was 19 new teachers in 6 through 12. So um, Lots of new teachers. We have a very big class of new teachers and we do a lot of new teacher support. And so that's very helpful. Our department chairs do an excellent job of supporting them. We give them mentors, that sort of thing. Um, so then as far as students go, I don't know if ever maybe you have the number of families, but first of all, we have rolling admission for the homeschool program. So we haven't quite topped out at the number of students that we'll have. I think we were at, last I looked, we had about 2,600 total students. What's most interesting is we have about the exact same number of online students this year as we did last year. So okay. we had about 800 in the 6 through 12 program last year, and we have just a little bit over that this year in 6 through 12. And then K through 5, um, we were around, I think it was 290 maybe, or 300 for uh, K through five, and we're around like 260, so we're a little bit down in K through five. Um, but you know, it's been um, great to know that our families wanted to come back. We had a lot of families that were like, I was forced to homeschool last year, and then realized how much our family benefited from it, how much I enjoyed it, how much it was good for our family, it was good for our faith. So we, we had a lot of families that we retained this year, even though they did have the, those opportunities to go back to in-person school in their local school district or, or Catholic schools. So that's been just amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, our, our online program pretty much stayed exactly the same as last year. Um, and, you know, you never know what this pandemic's going to do in terms of increasing enrollment or not increasing enrollment. It's, it's it's uh, interesting to watch. It's interesting to watch the news and go, how's that going to affect enrollment next year? <laughs> Do I need to start hiring now? Absolutely. And so, I mean, as far as all, you know, Megan mentions overall numbers, the we are down a little bit this year from last year, which is kind of be, to be expected. Um, interestingly, as Megan mentioned, the, the biggest drop is actually in, in, in numbers of homeschool students. We have fewer students who are enrolled homeschooling. Um, and actually, the largest number of those homeschool students who didn't return this year were at the elementary level. Um, this has been the biggest drop as, as students, uh, again, probably again in that, that K through five area, uh, K through five homeschool students who we had more of them last year. And we have fewer of them this year. Um, but we're still um, up over over two years ago. We're still up about 600 students um, from where we were 200, uh, two years ago at this time. Um, so it's substantial growth. Uh, it's been a really exciting time to be be a part of everything that we have going on um, and to see kind of you know what we have uh, left to come. Oh, wow. It's interesting, uh, the very the sort of variances, data analysis. Like I know you like Stephen. Yes. 
this year we you have introduced an NHS chapter at Colby, which is gaining some steam now. Uh, th- those students have begun some peer tutoring. There are a lot of neat things happening there. Tell us about the NHS chapter, Megan. Sure. So we've been looking at adding a chapter of NHS for a while now. Um, one of the things that allowed us to add the chapter was getting um, accredited. So it's been very much in the works for many years. Um, so we had our first NHS uh, application open back in, uh, I think it was due maybe June 1st or something like that. And to qualify for National Honor Society at Colby, students need to have been taking um, four Colby courses each year that they're enrolled with us. So if you're a 10th grader applying for uh, admission to NHS, that means that in your ninth grade year, you should have taken at least four Colby classes. They don't have to be online classes. They can be homeschool courses, but they do need to have the full Colby uh, designation that goes with it, if you want to call it that. Um, and then and then subsequently, if you're applying in 11th grade, you would have had to have four and ninth and four and 10th. And then to stay eligible um, for NHS, you have to continue taking at least four. Um, and then the other qualifier is that you have to have a minimum GPA of 3.5 in those Colby courses. Um, any other qualifiers? I think those are the main two. And then, so if you, if you qualify for NHS, um, you receive a, an invitation to apply for NHS. So just because you qualify for it doesn't mean you automatically get in. So the application consists of um, you have to upload your transcripts, you have to get some recommendations from um, adults, you know, teachers, youth group leaders, that kind of thing. Um, and then you also have to submit a writing sample. And then we have a board of NHS advisors that goes through those applications and, and admits. Um, the students based on those applications. And we'll be having another NHS induction on November 16th, Tuesday, November 16th. And we usually stream that, I believe. I think we streamed the first one. So it's kind of exciting. And the main purpose of NHS is not only scholarship, but also service. And to open the chapter, we were required to have some central service project that all the NHS members could work on. And so that's how we came up with the peer tutoring idea. And it was something that I really wanted to have anyway. And this was like, perfect. Like, okay, now we have, you know, volunteers that have to get volunteer hours and, and they're, you know, pretty, you know, smart kids that can help other students. And we, they even created the program. So the first round of students that we inducted back um, earlier this year were the ones that kind of established how they wanted to do the um, peer tutoring. So they ended up coming up with something really great. I'm sure it will change every time you have a new program, right? You, it, you try something and you go, okay, that didn't work. Let's do it this way. So right now what we're doing is Monday evenings, there's a two Adobe Connect rooms open, one for math and science and one for humanities. And then on Friday evenings, there's one for open for math and science and the other one's open for foreign languages. And then the NHS uh, members all sign up for the rooms that they want to cover. So if, if you're more comfortable with math and science, then you'll probably sign up for those. If you're more comfortable with humanities, you'd sign up to cover that one. And students just kind of come in and wait their turn to ask questions. Um, math and science definitely seems to be the most popular. So I, I see those getting a lot of use. 
And uh, we have our teachers are sort of trying to incentivize students to go try the peer tutoring, especially if they might be struggling in a certain area. You know, they, I, I saw um, my seventh graders math teacher offered a badge if they went and visited peer tutoring. So okay. and they all like their badges. So that was oh, motivation yeah. enough. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's been really it's been really great to see all of the community kind of get on board with it, you know, from mm -hmm. the parents to the students, the students that are running the program, and then the teachers saying, hey, guys, we have this, use it. And, and so I, I hope to see it continue getting a lot of uh, traffic in there as they continue to host those, those sessions. Yeah, so far so good there. It's a good opportunity for the NHS students to get to know each other too, working together, collaborating in the in the sessions. That's neat. Yeah, That's absolutely. You're so right about the badges. I'm seeing that this year. Like, oh wow, all important badges. All right. So in addition to NHS, we also have a number of clubs. There, clubs have been offered for a while, and now there are a great number of them. That has really expanded a lot this year. Let's hear about the clubs. Yeah, yeah. I'm really. Really, really thankful for the clubs we were able to offer this year. So every year we try to offer, you know, as many clubs as we can based on the interests of our students, teachers' availability. Um, and this year we were able to offer a Lego club, which has always been a long time desire <laughs> because, you know, Legos are timeless. They stay, what, to 99, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure you can still play Legos when you're 104. Hey, we have high schoolers in that club too. So <laughs> I know it's amazing. It's, it's such a good family activity. I know sometimes in elementary, they'll even allow the kids when they're making projects. I know in fourth grade, they just did a pyramid project and they were allowed to use Legos to construct their pyramid and then do their presentation on it. So good, fine motor, sensory, all that. So I'm all about it. But yeah, that club, one of our fifth grade teacher is facilitating a Lego club. And she sent me some videos of the kids' work, and it's been, we have some very talented Lego artists at Colby, so we'll have to showcase some of those in one of our newsletters. Um, we also have a baking club, which my daughter participated in last year, which left our kitchen very messy, but very happy. <laughs> they made pasta <laughs> and cookies and, and all sorts of things, which I feel like that's one of the benefits of homeschool, right? You, you're in your home, so why not be able to utilize some of those wonderful learning opportunities? Um, and we have a really cool cooking club that I'll let Megan talk about that's in the upper school that um, our science teacher is hosting. That does the same. Yeah, Mrs. Hoxie, who I've already mentioned, I think, twice on this podcast. I know she was on episode, episode 21, To Live Fully Alive. Yeah. Early, early days of the Colby cast. Early, early days. days. It's going back away. So we'll yeah. put that link in the notes, too. and hope to have her back soon. Yep. Yeah. Well, she um, asked if she could run a culinary science club. So they are specifically doing cooking that it pertains to science. And for those of you that don't know, Mrs. Hoxie is our science department chair. She also teaches Theology 9. She has a degree both in theology and in science. So um, we are very, very lucky to have her. But And she always has very creative ideas. So I'm actually going to plug another one of her ideas in a second here. But um, so the Culinary Science Club will be specifically talking about like the chemistry and cooking and that sort of thing. And um, it, it just sounds really awesome. And then the other thing she's doing, which is not a club, but it's an activity and I'm excited about it. She is doing a pumpkin carving contest that is science themed. Oh. Of course, all this, the online science classes, the teachers are going to really be promoting it. 
but anybody can participate that's a, um, a student that has access to Schoology because it will be, you, you have to submit your stuff into Schoology. But um, I'm very excited about that. She's, she's very creative. So that, that's our culinary science. I did also want to mention that we also have a baking club for middle school that is run by Mrs. Bates. And Mrs. Bates is also running the three through five baking club, I believe. So there is baking for everybody. There is cooking for everybody. If isn't, they want it. She, isn't she also doing a sewing club for elementary and middle? She is. She is also doing a sewing club. So she is just amazing. There's, there's still some teachers that are reaching out to me going, hey, can I run this club and can I run that club? So there may still be some clubs coming down the road. We have a oh, coding club is a big one. That one is for grades 6 through 12. I don't have the list of me. Of course, we have all the uh, the foreign language clubs. There's a Latin club, Spanish club, French club. Um, those are all available for grades six through twelve. We have newsletter. If you've ever read any of the newsletters that the students put together, it's completely written by students. That's aimed at grades nine through twelve because you have to have a little more writing background. We are trying to kick off a news show, a Colby news show also. It may be more of a second semester thing because it's just getting off the ground. And the idea is it'll just be like a quick 10-minute news show. I'm hoping they'll collaborate with our spiritual life group because on Mondays we do, um, usually we do like the gospel and a daily prayer. And it's real short, like three to five minutes. So we were hoping to like, you know, have them collaborate and also um, add on some Colby news stuff. So that's very exciting. Am I missing any other? So we have a husband and wife doing our creative writing, Mr. and Mrs. Castor, which is awesome. So Mrs. Castor is our third grade teacher and she's doing elementary creative writing. And her husband, Mr. Castor is in the theology department in the upper school and he's doing um, creative writing with the older kids. So that's, that's a good one. And then I forgot to mention our science club for elementary. We have the Mendelites. Um, who are studying Catholic scientists and science under the lens of our faith, which is for three to fifth, third to fifth graders. It's our fourth grade teacher, um, Mrs. Falk, who's doing that one. So that's been good too. Yeah, we have a lot this year. So many. Find your passion. There's something for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's an impressive list. Impressive. And, and another thing I'll mention is that we opened clubs this year to all students. So if even if you are a student only taking homeschool courses, you may sign up for a club. And the way that you do that is that all parents were sent an email for signing up for clubs. And there's just a link you click in there. And um, you sign up. There are club dues this year, so that's a little bit of a change. Um, but it is, it's the nice thing is, is now we can give a little stipend to our teachers, and they have a little, which somehow frees them up for more time to hold live classes or live club meetings and that sort of thing. So it's it's benefiting everybody for sure. And it's a very it's a very small fee. It's it's based on um, your enrollment status. They put a lot of work into preparing all the different things that they put forth for the clubs to talk about. It's neat to see. What, what everything's going on and, and all these projects that are happening. So we're going to be eating well, looking good with our sewing projects, all kinds of fun things happening. Dr. Hassler has a philosophy. He has, it is, let me get it right. It's PTA club. It's for short is what he's called it. So it's philosophy, theology, and apologetics. And we went around and around on the, on the title of the club. We were, we were kind of wanting to do a debate club, but we wanted to do it more about like finding truth and so 
so we ended up coming up with this instead. So um, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think the students that are in there, I mean, they're fantastic students. They just, it, it's a fun Fun and for question. anyone who doesn't know Dr. Hasler, this is uh, this is absolutely his background. This is right up his alley. Um, he's been great in in our, our our homeroom courses. He's been great doing teaching the literature and the history. And this year he picked up. We have a brand new philosophy course, which we're really excited about. Something subject that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, a course that I've been wanting to write ever since I started at Colby, and I've never had the time to do. And so finally, working in conjunction with Dr. Hasler and with with Mr. Sens. Uh, we were able to to put together a book list and a curriculum, and so we were able to kick that off. And so this is kind of just a natural outgrowth of, of some of those other things that we've got going on. This is a great for your student who's interested in um, in philosophy and theology and apologetics and getting into arguing about the faith and, and some of those, the various nuances. Um, this is a great thing to check out. It's going to be a lot of fun. That was fantastic. We visited with him over the summertime, Therese Prudel and I, in episode 64. We talked to Dr. Hessler about the course you guys were working on at that time. And that episode actually just came out here recently. It was really such an enjoyable conversation. Fun to hear all about him, get to know him a little bit and hear about that course. That sounds great, though. And what a good opportunity for the students to really hone those skills that they're working on day in, day out, right? Yeah. So coming up, we have the Virtual College Fair on October 29th. We've got some programs coming up, too. Nicole, you mentioned the Virtues Program. That's a monthly thing, right? And so... Tell us more about that. And then also there's one coming up for All Saints not too long from now. Yeah, October is one of my favorite months to be a Catholic because there's so many great saints feast days. Um, we kick it off with St. Francis and we have St. Therese. So um, with the new virtue program, not only do we look at a different virtue every month, but we look at, you know, a couple of saints that help us, that, you know, have great examples demonstrating the virtue. I think this month was St. Hyacinth and St. Tarsisius, I believe. So we have some really good, they're going to be exposed to a lot of different saints, you know, not just the, the household names we hear every day. So we just closed out our first virtue month, which we were focusing on growing in faith. And then this next month, I just um, published the October video, which is focused on reverence. So, you know, the idea is for families to be able to study. So what is reverence? Look at some saints who demonstrated that. So, you know, with reverence, this outward sign of our internal respect and love for God. And so just looking for ways to call students to that in the classroom as well. So, you know, not typing in the chat box when we're praying is a great way to show your reverence um, in live class. And then, you know, in, in the home, there's plenty of ways to do that. So that'll follow us throughout the whole year. Um, there's some shout outs in the newsletter that I believe were published in, la in last Friday's newsletter. So that'll be an ongoing thing. In conjunction with that, we have these random Mondays off this year in elementary, and we've been navigating the best way to do that. And we decided that those weeks, since they're modified weeks, it would be a great time to incorporate some sort of spiritual enrichment for the kids. So um, on Thursdays and and We'll have more information when the next Monday off comes around, but we'll have a spiritual life activity for them where they, um, you know, the entire elementary school can come together, look at the saints, look at virtue, pray the rosary, pray a divine mercy chaplet, some sort of way of building our community and just keeping that focus, the center of, you know, all of our classes and our year. Um, and with that, I'm really excited because we're in October, as I said, my favorite month and getting ready for All Saints Day, November 1st. And so we have our second annual 
second <laughs> annual All Saints Day program. Um, so the students have just started, you know, they selected their saint of choice for this year. They're gathering facts. They're going to write a first person speech and get a costume together. And then on October 25th in their religion classes, they get to show up as their saint. Their teacher will reference them probably as only the name of the saint. And they'll talk to their classmates and tell them about their life and, and what they've done for the church and and that. So um, my daughter last year was St. Elizabeth of Hungary. And all day she carried around this little basket of bread. And it was really cute. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. I know the same thing my son last year uh, was uh, St. Simeon the Stylite. So he got to uh, climb up on a ladder um, to give his presentation. So he had a, a kind of so he could be a high up and he just spent the class up there on top of the ladder. <laughs> How long did he keep that going? Did it like the rest of the week or the rest of the uh, I think it was just for the one class. <laughs> oh. it, it was, it was, it was a, a ladder smack dab in the middle of our living room. So, you know, it's one of those, the, the, the perils of home-based education is that you do these things and you go, I, I can't leave that for you all week. I'm sorry. That's not going to work for me. I like the ladder location. This is, yeah. And then we have the Christmas program. Well, the Advent and Christmas program, Megan, we started this a number of years ago. Mrs. Powers told us about this on when she spoke with us. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. In her episode, I think 33, Show Your Work, she was telling us about the Advent and Christmas program. It sounds like a lot of fun. And it, uh, for those who haven't yet experienced it, what can you tell us about the Advent and Christmas program? So, I mean, I think it'll be a similar format to past years. Um, I guess I could give you the date, Thursday, December 16th. It will be at 7 p.m. Eastern, which is also the very last minute that you can turn in your final semester exams for the semester. So it's kind of like a great time to do it because everybody's exams will be turned in for first semester. Christmas break will be starting and it will be wonderful. So, and that's another thing that's very different this year with the calendar and everybody who's in the online school hopefully already realizes this, but we will be finishing first semester before Christmas break this year, which is just awesome. So everybody's going to get a true break and not have to come back and do their exams. And one of the catalysts for that was adding our K-5 program because it's a lot more difficult for K-5 um, age students to come back after two weeks of break and then have to take assessments of some kind. So, um, so that was the catalyst, although we had already been thinking about it previous to that year, and that was kind of the, the final straw. But I digress from the Christmas concert. It is a wonderful time. Um, sometimes you get some funny acts from teachers in there. Usually Dr. Almanzar is the MC for the Christmas concert and Mr. Fry is the uh, MC for the Colby's Got Talent and they're both hilarious. I don't know, maybe they'll switch it up this year. I'm not sure who's going to be MCing for sure, but I have a strong hunch it will be one of them uh, that MCs the Christmas concert. So the way that it works is auditions usually open before Thanksgiving. Sometime we'll probably open it early in November and you submit an audition into Schoology, just a short video of what you would be doing. And those are usually due sometime right after Thanksgiving. And then we have some judges that go through all the auditions and we pick the acts. And I would say if you really want to get in, play and if play the most unique instrument that you play. Because a lot of times, you know, I mean, we have some, we have amazing piano players at Colby, but we have a lot of them. So like, we don't want to have 10 piano acts, 
but you know, if you happen to play the clarinet or something, we might be, you, you know, you kind of get a little an extra check mark from the judges sometimes. And playing the clarinet would definitely get you a boost from me as I'm judging. So I think this, this is an obvious, <laughs> this is a really a big hint there. Yes. Mr. Bayashki also accepts bribes, I heard. So <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah. So I, it is one of my favorite events. It's always a, we, we always try to do it as late in the uh, Advent season as possible when it comes to the school calendar. And it's just a wonderful uh, school community building event, you know, and I, I always, in past years, I always made my kids watch it before they were even Colby students. Uh, and now I'm actually hoping they might audition, but we'll see. My boys both play the saxophone, but COVID kind of killed the, the saxophone, the band that they were in. They couldn't, you know, it went away and they haven't really picked it up yet since then, but, um, you know, we'll see. The other tip I'd toss out there is we usually have a lot of acts that focus on, on Christmas music and things, which is great. Um, but it is in the Advent season, so and the, the Catholic Church, of course, has a rich tradition of, of Advent music. So again, if you want another way to maybe set yourself apart a little bit, see if you maybe lean, lean into that Advent portion. Um, um, it might get you some extra points from the judges. Great tip. So there's there's yes. also the opportunity to submit artwork, right? If, if you're not thinking that you want to perform somehow, you can still participate in the event by your um, visual arts, right? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I know Mrs. Powers, this will be her last year running the Christmas concert. She's going to be passing the buck on to somebody else. She's been doing it for five years. So this is her last Christmas concert. Um, but she's always looking for people to submit art. So if you are an artist, start thinking about that, start thinking about what you might want to submit. It can be something that you've already created. You don't have to do something original. Well, as long as it's original by you, but it doesn't have to be something that you create between now and then. Neat. It's neat to see those displayed as the acts are, you know, in between the acts and as the program continues. That's neat. Lots to look forward to. The one other thing philosophical I'll toss out there, this is a great way for us to really kind of emphasize that beauty portion, you know, of the, the classical education is, mm-hmm. is we've got a lot of emphasis on academics, of course, during the school year, but this is a way to get in in the arts, the, the, the music and, and the, the drawing. Um, sometimes there are some, some interesting acts related to, to dance or to, to other drama. I'm sure if someone wanted to come up with a creative skit, um, with the, with the theater arts, that's something that would certainly be interesting. We've had a couple of those over the years. Um, we'd be interested in all of that. So with the goal of finishing the semester strong in mind, we've got lots going on here, lots of good tips already, lots of things to look forward to. And we also have some Colby cast episodes in the works that will focus on some practical aspects such as essay grading. Uh, parent partnerships and other dimensions of the online elementary experience. So be on the lookout for those coming down the pike here shortly, along with continued uh, conversations with Colby families and administrators and faculty. So lots going on there. But so guys, so how can families at this point, they have hopefully starting to find their stride if they haven't already, or hopefully they will soon. What, what if they haven't, what are some good recourses they have at this point for getting help? to help them finish the semester on a high note. I think, again, like I mentioned, if they're in the homeschool program, this is a great opportunity to kind of reach out to their grade level advisor. I mean, if they're, if they're enrolled with Colby at all, they have access to their advising staff. So certainly reach out to, um, to the advising staff if you have any questions. If, there's, if they're dealing with issues that are maybe student success related to, to, to study skills, to, um, to activity in class, uh, you 
reach out to our Dean of Students, Mrs. Ashley Massey in grades K through eight or Celeste Claire nine through 12. Um, or again, if you've got a student, maybe if you've got some special needs going on, it'd be a great time to talk to, a, to reach out to our advisors and we'll connect you with special needs people and staff as well. Um, so really take advantage of the resources of, you know, that's one of the, the key services that we provide here at Colby is, is access to, um, to our staff. So go ahead and reach out to us, let us know maybe what you're dealing with and see if we can find some ways to help with that. Great. For families to connect as well via Facebook, the, the online families also have access to groups in Schoology where uh, students and parents can talk to each other that way and connect outside of class. There are the, the class Facebook groups that I mentioned earlier, as well as a, a larger unofficial Facebook group for, for people who are interested in or use Colby uh, a little or a lot. So there are lots of routes that way. The clubs we mentioned, uh, the parent ambassadors, so fam enrolled families have received emails uh, throughout the semester, uh, sending information about parent ambassadors who are who are happy to help answer questions or just walk alongside families as they're living their day-to-day school-at-home experience. We have a uh, community building email that's coming out, I think, in the next week or two. It, it's a repeat of what went out kind of end of August, but, you know, everybody's kind of crazy in, in August trying to get school started. So that'll be going out again, and it does have all the parent ambassador information in there, as well as Facebook groups, how to um, how to join clubs, how to connect with other parents, that kind of thing. So, great. There's a lot of ways to connect. And on those those class Facebook groups, we've mentioned this a few times. There's repeating though. There are some questions to be answered when families try to join those those closed Facebook groups, so that we can verify uh, the enrollment of of the families who are trying to join. That it kind of helps make it a, a more secure space of course, still online, but it, a more secure space for families to visit. And so be, I think people, when they tap join group on their phone, sometimes those questions don't show up and then they're kind of hanging out there like, what's the deal with my membership request? And that's because the questions haven't been answered. And so if that is the case for any of our listeners, that that might have something to do with it. So check and there. one of the parent ambassadors is kind of the lead on the Facebook groups. Um, mm -hmm. it's, uh, Veronica Foreman. Her emails on that parent ambassador information portion of the community building email. So when it comes out, there's something going on with the Facebook group and you haven't been accepted, you can reach out to her. And she might be reaching out to families. Yes, as well. she will she will also reach out yeah. to you if there's somebody that's kind of in the middle of signing up or trying to get in and, and has stalled out or something like that. So Right. Right. Yeah, that's a really good place for K to two student. I know a lot of I've talked to a lot of K to two parents who want more social opportunities for their little kids. And you know, our big focus at Colby is all that all of that is parent led. We want to make sure the parents are on board, the parents are communicating first, and the parents arrange that just to protect the privacy and, and you know, all of um, all our students. So, you know, if you want to have your child try and be a pen pal with someone in their class or things like that, connecting on the Facebook page is a really good place to start. Thanks, everyone, for taking this time to check in here midway through the semester. Here's hoping the rest of it continues in an upward trend. Please come back and talk to us soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. It's nice to talk with all of you. If you haven't already, subscribe to the ColbyCast in your favorite podcast app for effortless episode delivery. And we'd love to hear from you, so drop us a line at podcast at colby.org. Marry our mother, pray for us. 
St. Maximilian Kolbe, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.